This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. Great to have you here with us on this beautiful sunny day when the temperature is going up above zero for a change. You've probably been listening to a lot of the details of yesterday's federal budget. We've been covering all the angles of it here for you at Zoomer Radio on our newscasts, highlighting what's good and bad in the budget for older Canadians primarily, you, the Zoomer listener. Do you like what you've heard? Have your say this half hour at 416-360-0740, We'll be going to the federal conservative finance critic, Gerard Deltel, in a few minutes to get his party's take on the Trudeau Liberals' second budget. We're also taking your calls, 416-360-0740 or 1-866-740-4740. First, though... Reaction from Wanda Morris at CARP, A New Vision of Aging for Canada. Wanda, it must be rewarding for CARP members to have the government respond directly to two of your big campaigns. You know, absolutely. In terms of home care, we'd been um, holding the government's feet to the fire. There was a pledge for $3 billion in funding over five years. We were delighted to see that happen. And not only that, but the funding is actually extended. So it will now be uh, $6 billion over 10 years. So that's a lot of money going towards home care. What will that provide, that kind of money? What, what, how will it create a difference? So when we think about people with uh, acute, chronic, or even terminal illnesses, people want to be at home. They don't want to be in hospitals. They don't want to necessarily be in long-term care facilities. So this will help people to, to live well and, I think, to die well. I mean, many of our members have told us, I want to die at home surrounded by my loved ones, but instead so many of them are dying in hospitals surrounded by tubes. I think this funding can make a real difference for end-of-life care. So this is uh, allowing more opportunities for palliative nurses and doctors to come to the home where the person is ailing? Absolutely, and also things like personal support workers so that people can get the care they need at home. Let's talk as well about uh, the support, the financial support that's being offered to caregivers. This is a big deal. It is a big deal. We had uh, identified a real uh, issue with uh, employment insurance for caregivers. I mean, important that caregivers can get employment insurance to cover care for terminally ill loved ones. But CARP has for some time been advocating that that uh, coverage had to extend to people caring for critically ill loved ones, not just terminal. So we're delighted that there's another 15 weeks of coverage being provided and that if the critically ill loved one, if their condition uh, deteriorates and they become terminally ill, the two terms can be added together so somebody can get up to 41 weeks of coverage to look after um, an ill or you know, terminally ill or dying loved one. So just to put that in terms of what we're all living and experiencing, uh, whether you're a child of an ailing parent, 
parent or a spouse of an ailing spouse, uh, that's a lot of time you can take off work to be the frontline person and not have to worry about your your nine to five job. Absolutely. I mean, and we'll now be looking for job protections to make sure that people can actually take the time off and come back to the job. But uh, important, important. The other thing about the caregivers that we we were really pleased to see is that the benefits have now been extended to caregivers that aren't living with the person they care for. I mean, many of us care for, for example, a, a parent but we don't live with them. Now, uh, individuals providing care without being in the home can also get uh, a caregiver credit. I think that's a critical change. Is this good news for you? Are these announcements going to help change your life day to day? Love to hear what you have to say about it. 416-360-0740, 740 Jane for Libby, and we're speaking with Wanda Morris, the VP of Advocacy and COO of CARP, a new Vision of Aging for Canada. Those are the two major highlights that affect uh, older Canadians. Uh, what else did you like in the budget? And we'll talk about what you didn't like as well. Uh, well, I think there was some other things that were positive. I mean, there was a, a commitment to increased housing funding, and I was really pleased to see, and our members, I'm sure, will be pleased to see that seniors and vets were both prioritized as vulnerable populations. There was also a commitment to increased infrastructure, particularly in transit. And you know, we are so concerned about uh, our members becoming socially isolated as they age, particularly as they get to the point where they can no longer drive. So, so certainly transit uh, commitments are, are most welcome. In reducing the cost of prescription drugs, there's nothing concrete on that, but there will be further discussions, so it could be something that's down the road. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if the Patented Medicines Prices Review Board investment can actually translate into a reduction in pricing the cost of prescription drugs, uh, but certainly the fact that it's acknowledged, we know that it, it's a significant problem, and we're happy that that's on the radar. What is this review board? Is this so that so they would be deciding um, between generic drugs and prescription and name drugs, or how would that work? No, this is empowered with making the decision of what drugs are covered in Canada and okay. what prices they should be charged for. Okay, the RIF uh, withdrawals is still an issue. They wouldn't budge on that. The no. Liberals so far. No, it was interesting coming up to the budget. There was some speculation that there might be a capital gains tax increase. So we were, you know, concerned on behalf of our members about that. That didn't happen. So there was no bad news, but there was also no good news. And we've really been saying to the government, look, you know, we've got a historic uh, um, low interest rates. We've got unprecedented longevity, some of the highest investment costs in the world. We need some relief for, for our members, indeed for all investors. Uh, we have been asking for a ban for, pardon me, elimination of the mandatory withdrawals on RIFs because too often people are afraid of outliving their savings. Um, unfortunately, there was no action on that. So that is still something you're advocating for and continuing to lobby the government on? Absolutely. And what else? Where do you go from here? One of our big campaigns coming up is about investment costs. We have a campaign that we will be launching soon called Stop the Fee Gouging. I'm not sure if your listeners know that we pay some of the highest costs in the world for investment products. That's just simply unacceptable. So uh, in the next uh, few weeks, CARP is going to be launching our Stop the Fee Gouging campaign. That sounds good. That affects a lot of people in this country. It certainly does. I think people are unaware that uh, after purchasing a home, their second biggest lifetime expense could be the cost they're paying for their investments. And you can find out all the developments on what CARP is advocating for on your behalf 
And also get a membership, too, if you don't have your membership or you need to renew it at carp.ca. Thanks, Wanda. Thanks so much, Jane. Always good to have Wanda Morris in the studio. Wanda Morris, the COO and VP of Advocacy for CARP, a new vision of aging. Let's go to Bill in Toronto. Uh, Bill, you know about caregiving firsthand. Tell us your story. Well, my mom's uh, living in her home, and she's 90 years old, so you know she has people come in and help her out every day, and I'm over there continuously. But I don't know what all these tax credits are and all this for me, whatever. I, I, I don't know. What can I take advantage of here? There's no, I have no idea what this stuff is all about. Well, are you working a, a full-time job? Yeah, easily. Like 40 hours a week is a slow week. So you, it, well, the way I understand it is that you can take employment insurance benefits for longer and look after your mother. You can take time off work, receive EI while looking after her. So if, if it became like the very end of uh, care or whatever and, and there was like I could have three weeks off or something. It, well, but exactly. I, I think you can have up to 12 weeks off now. Well, you know what? I, I'm pretty much sure my company would cut me the slack to do that. Well, they, they have to by law. Well, I mean, them, the company itself, without whatever the law is. But, and I'm going to get unemployment, which is, what, 60% of my income? Will I do that? Well, yes, there's that maximum, right, threshold of uh, to a certain point. I'm not exactly sure what it is. But, yes, you would receive the – if you made the maximum amount to qualify, then you would receive the maximum amount of EI for 12 weeks. Okay. And well, then, you know, and then your then your employer wouldn't pay you for those twelve weeks, and you would be off for that time to look after your mom. Yeah. Well, I think with, with the company I work for, it would probably take care of me. The only thing I can say about this budget is they they didn't do any harm. You know, they couldn't tax the middle class anymore, and uh, they couldn't spend anymore. So they, it's a lot to do about nothing. Well, there isn't a lot of new spending, is there? I mean, there are some lofty goals. Uh, socially, it's very responsible. But in terms of following through immediately, that seems to be the major criticism. Well, I look at really about going to build another. Yeah, I'm kind of losing you. Your call is breaking up, but I certainly appreciate your phone call. And we enjoy uh, listening and we empathize with stories where people are looking after elderly relatives doing the best they can. And this is certainly what CARP uh, has been advocating for on behalf of Canadians who are looking after older Canadians, older family members, or perhaps a spouse as well. And uh, taking that time off work and being able to be with your loved one full time certainly does make a difference. And so that's why CARP is advocating on your behalf. Again, carp.ca for more information. So on the line with us now is the Conservative Party finance critic Gerard Deltel. And uh, Gerard, we've just been speaking with Wanda Morris at CARP about the good news for caregivers and home care. You likely won't be as positive about this budget. I guess it's fair to ask you why. Well, if you talk about uh, care people and uh, to, to, to permit the people of family to help the senior citizen, this is a good point. We do recognize that. Our government made some effort on this issue, and the government decided to merge our three different programs. This is the good point that we recognize for this government. But if we look at the big picture of the budget, this is all wrong. First of all, they still continue to have deficits with huge debt, 
even if they were elected under the oath of a small deficit and zero deficit in 2019, they scratch it. And we're talking about three times deficit as expected and no plan, no plan to get back to zero deficit. This is totally unacceptable. This is totally uh, unethical. They have been elected under some under another program, and we don't know when we will have to pay for that. But the thing is sure. At the end of the day, our children and grandchildren we will pay. In future, in the future generation, will pay for the bad judgment of the actual government. Now, Finance Minister Morneau insists that he is being fiscally responsible because debt, as a percentage of the gross domestic product, will remain stable at 31.5 percent this year, down to 30.9 percent in 2022. What do you say to that? Well, first of all, if we have this, base, this best ratio, is that because we were in office for 10 years. We were the first country after the crisis of 2009-2010 to get back on track, and we have the best ratio among the G7 countries. Well, thanks to the Harper and the Conservative government who did it well. So now, you know, they look like a teenager who had the key of the house for the weekend, and this is a huge party. But it's, at the end of the day, you will have to pay for that. So it's not because you have a good ratio that you have to, to, to use it to spend money that you don't have. You must be very responsible. And this is why we, we are very cautious, we are very serious about that. This is the wrong way to do things in Canada. And even that, you know, they say it will be good for our economy, we will create growth and things like that. That's not true. Their plan is unrunning, is unfunctioning. So this is why we're asking them to at least get back to a real control and at least give us an, uh, an idea when we will get back to zero deficit. Conservative Party finance critic Gerard Deltel on the line with us here on Zoomer Radio. Uh, if it had been your budget to deliver, how would it have been different? Well, in many ways, in many ways. First of all, we will be very serious and cautious about the spending money of the people. No deficit, because deficit is a bill that we send to our children. And yes, for sure, we will not be as generous as the government is right now. But the generosity, what is that kind of generosity? But living, uh, spending more money that we have, borrowing a lot of billions of dollars, sending the bill to our children, that's not the way we shall address the uh, budget issue. So, yes, our, our administration would have been very much tougher, but realistic and responsible for the future of this country. And we will keep this, is, this famous tax credit for uh, tra public transit. This is totally <laughs> impossible. I mean, you know, if you had seen me that uh, two, two days ago saying, hey, do you believe that the Liberal will, will cancel your tax credit for, um, uh, for its public transit? I would say, no, it's impossible. This government always talks about environmental, ecology, using public transit. They don't use your car, use the bus. And then the Liberal government saying something and doing exactly the reverse of that. They cancel our, because we were the one in 2006 under the Honorable Jim Flaherty uh, administration as a Minister of Finance who created the tax credit for public transit. But unfortunately, yesterday the government canceled it. And, you know, it's a direct attack to elder citizens, senior citizens, small paid worker, and students. This is all wrong. And there are a lot of complaints about that, about losing that ability to write off your transit passes against your income uh, as, mm -hmm. of, as of July 1st. Now, your interim leader, Ronna Ambrose, put out a statement, which I have in front of me here. She says, 
that Prime Minister Trudeau is nickling and diming Canadians to death. Uh, She says the Liberal budget raises taxes on families, businesses, workers and students. Explain this for us. Well, you just did by talking about the transit pass, because in essence, that is money that has to come from somewhere else. But in terms of uh, raising taxes, um, how do you see that? Well, first of all, about alcohol and tobacco. You know, the, the Liberals are taxing our Friday and Saturday night. And, you know, we're not talking about people who are drunk. We're just talking about the average Canadian or average working Canadian at the Friday evening would like to take a beer with his friends. Or, you know, the average family would like to have a, a couple of wine or a bottle of wine for a nice uh, dinner with, uh, with friends. And the government decided to, more, to pay more taxes, to, 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 um, to implement more tax for alcohol, for tobacco, and also for Uber. So it will, every Canadian will have to pay more for that. And also, you know, they decided to abolish some tax credit for small business, like uh, the child care space. And when a business would like to have more child care space in the business, uh, we had a program for that, a tax credit for that, and the the Liberal decided to cancel it. And also the same thing, nothing, nothing for our farmer. Direct help to the farmer, absolutely nothing. But more than that, they decided to cancel the tax credit for insurer of farming and fishing property. This is totally unacceptable and unrespectable for one of the backbone of our economy, the agricultural system. I'm speaking with Conservative Party finance critic Gerard Deltel. Uh, your interim leader, Rana Ambrose, says the hairdresser in Timmins is feeling ignored by the prime minister. Isn't she, as of uh, a year ago, January 1st, isn't she keeping more of her paycheck than when the Conservatives were in power? Well, uh, the point is that when the uh, the, 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 um, the budget was uh, was adopted, there was more taxes for those who work. Uh, when we talk about um, um, federal pension plan, you know the federal pension plan, every worker has to pay a part of that, and every employer has to pay a, a, a part of that. And with that, with the last budget, they decided to raise for um, uh, around one thousand bucks. Uh, medium size of 1,000 bucks more to pay for the worker and to pay for the business who who give job to these workers. So it's a real high raise and people have to pay more uh, for that. There is going to be a majority liberal government in power until 2019, and uh, you're in the midst of a leadership change, uh, bringing in a new leader at the end of May. What will be the opposition's job until the next election, two years down the road? To be very serious against this government, to to remind this government that they have been elected under the oath of small deficit and zero deficit in 2019, and they scratched their promise. This is a lack of confidence in the in the, the system, and especially. Canadians will remind that whatever the Liberals are saying, they don't keep their promise. So this is what we will say. We will be very cautious on the public spending money. And so this is why we were upset uh, of the budget that we had yesterday. Thank you for your time. Well, real pleasure. That was federal conservative finance critic Gerard Deltel. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby's Nimer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. Yesterday when we talked about what you wanted to see in the budget, uh, we had a lot of callers, so I'm happy to see just as many have called in now that the budget has been unveiled in Ottawa yesterday afternoon. Let's go to Anne in Toronto. You're next on Zoomer Radio. Go ahead, Anne. Hi. uh, Good afternoon. I'm disappointed in CARP's 
lack of advocacy for eliminating the mandatory risk withdrawals. Yes. Early in, in when you've retired, uh, you know, when you're in 72, 3, uh, you're, you don't need that extra money that you've saved up, and yet you're forced to take a, a great chunk of it out. When you do, you have a high income tax bill because you don't have uh, deductions. Your family is grown up and gone. Uh, and that money that you pay out in income tax is, is lost forever. But as you increase in age, you need attendant care, you have more medical needs, and there's a shortfall of the money that you need at that time because it's been paid out into income tax. Right. So now, it would be nice to see the elimination of the mandatory risk withdrawals, allowing seniors to take out the money at the time that they need it for health and attendant care. And we are on your side, as are the people at CARP. I don't know if you're a CARP member. Well, they're, they're not doing anything, I hate to say, other than listening. Well, they have been lobbying the government so far, and there was a private member's bill as well uh, from a conservative MP. So far, uh, efforts have failed to remove the mandatory withdrawal limits on RIFs, but they are trying. And I encourage you to go to carp.ca or drop them a line. Talk to your MP because this is something where there is a lot of momentum towards. So we're hoping uh, here at Zoomer Media and at CARP that that gets happening soon, sooner rather than later. Let's go to George in Pickering. You're on Zoomer Radio. Yes, uh, good afternoon. Um, I just want to make some comments about uh, what uh, Gerard, the PC critic, uh, said about the budget. I absolutely agree with this man, and I hope he's listening 100%. The Liberal government came into power promising a whole bunch of stuff, including no more than $10 billion, no more than 10 I want to remind everybody, all your listeners, that this goes back many, 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 many years ago during the Chrétien government, 1993 to be exact. He had his little red book waving, I will scrap the GST, I will tear up the NAFTA. None of that happened. The Liberal government over the years has got a history of promising all kinds of things just to get in power, and then they do exactly the opposite. So this man, Gerard, he should hammer away at this kind of situation that is happening over and over again in this country, and people are swallowing it. They just don't seem to remember what has happened in the past. Okay, George, I, just, I thank you for your comments. Uh, our pharmacists are waiting to get on, and I do and I thank hope, you. And I hope the RIF uh, situation that the lady just commented yes. about is something that uh, that CARP uh, could continue, because I'm a member of CARP. Thank yes, you very much. as am I. Thanks for your call. And just to kind of set the history straight there, uh, it was actually back when Michael Wilson was the finance minister for Brian Mulroney, uh, and they were having to make similar, or they were making similar arguments as Finance Minister Bill Mar- Morneau, different parties. Uh, and in fact, uh, Jean Chrétien and Paul Martin had to make a lot of painful cuts to balance the books after the progressive conservatives uh, ran up the debt-to-GDP ratio. So just to kind of correct George a little bit there on the history, I know it all kind of... Uh, 
merges together when you think back on those eras. But uh, some of this running up deficits has not necessarily been uh, indicative of only what's happened with liberal governments. It's also been with the progressive, then progressive conservative party. But certainly Stephen Harper and Jim Flaherty whittled it way down. And now we're going in the opposite direction. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.